The Merchant of Venice, Act Four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. The Merchant of Venice by William Shakespeare. Act Four. Scene One. Venice. A Court of Justice. Enter the Duke. The Magnificos. Antonio, Bassanio, Gracchiano, Salarino, Salanio, and others. What? Is Antonio here? Ready. So please your grace. I am sorry for thee. Thou art come to answer a stony adversary, an inhuman wretch, incapable of pity, void and empty, from any dream of mercy. I have heard your grace has taken great pains to qualify his rigorous course. But since he stands obdurate, and that no lawful means can carry me out of his envy's reach, I do oppose my patience to his fury, and am armed to suffer with a quietness of spirit the very tyranny and rage of his. Go one, and call the Jew into the court. He is ready at the door. He comes, my lord. Enter Shylock. Make room, and let him stand before our face. Shylock, the world thinks, and I think so too, that thou but leadest this fashion of thy malice to the last hour of act, and then, tis thought, thou'lt show thy mercy and remorse, more strange that is thy strange apparent cruelty. And where thou now exact the penalty, which is a pound of this poor merchant's flesh. Thou wilt not only lose the forfeiture, but touched with human gentleness and love, forgive a moiety of the principal, glancing an eye of pity on his losses, that have of late so huddled on his back, enow to press a royal merchant down, and block commiseration of his state for brassy bosoms and rough hearts of flint from stubborn Turks and Tartars, never trained to offices of tender courtesy. We all expect a gentle answer, Jew. I have possessed your grace of what I purpose, and by our holy Sabbath have I sworn to have the due and forfeit of my bond. If you deny it, let the danger light upon your charter and your city's freedom. You'll ask me why I rather choose to have a weight of carrion flesh than to receive three thousand ducats. I'll not answer that, but say it is my humour. Is it answered? What if my house be troubled with a rat, and I be pleased to give ten thousand ducats to have it banged? What are you answered yet? Some men there are love not a gaping pig, some that are mad if they behold a cat and others, when the bagpipe sings in the nose, cannot contain their urine. For affection, mistress of passion, sways it to the mood of what it likes or loathes. Now, for your answer, as there is no firm reason to be rendered why he cannot abide a gaping pig, why he a harmless necessary cat, why he a walling bagpipe, but of force must yield to such inevitable shame as to offend, himself being offended, so can I give no reason, nor will I not, more than a lodged hate, and a certain loathing I bear Antonio, 
that I followed thus a losing suit against him. Are you answered? This is no answer, thou unfeeling man, to excuse the current of thy cruelty. I am not bound to please thee with my answer. Do all men kill the things they do not love? Hates any man the thing he would not kill? Every offence is not a hate at first. What, wouldst thou have a serpent sting thee twice? I pray you, think you question with the Jew. You may as well go stand upon the beach and bid the main flood bait his usual height. You may as well use question with the wolf why he hath made the ewe bleat for the lamb. You may as well forbid the mountain pines to wag their high tops and to make no noise when they are fretted with the gusts of heaven. You may as well do anything most hard as to seek to soften that than which what's harder his Jewish heart. Therefore I do beseech you, make no more offers, use no farther means, but with all brief and plain conveniency. Let me have judgment, and the Jew his will. For thy three thousand ducats here is six. If every ducat in six thousand ducats were in six parts, and every part a ducat, I would not draw them. I would have my bond. How shalt thou hope for mercy, rendering none? What judgment shall I dread, doing no wrong? You have among you many a purchased slave, which, like your asses and your dogs and mules, you use in abject and in slavish parts, because you bought them. Shall I say to you, let them be free, marry them to your heirs? Why sweat they under burdens? Let their beds be made as soft as yours, and let their pallets be seasoned with such viands. You will answer, the slaves are ours. So do I answer you. The pound of flesh, which I demand of him, is dearly bought. Tis mine, and I will have it. If you deny me, fie upon your law. There is no force in the decrees of Venice. I stand for judgment. Answer, shall I have it? Upon my power I may dismiss this court, unless Bellario, a learned doctor, whom I have sent for to determine this Come here to-day. My lord, here stays without a messenger with letters from the doctor, new come from Padua. Bring us the letters. Call the messenger. Good cheer, Antonio. What, man, courage yet? The Jew shall have my flesh, blood, bones, and all, ere thou shalt lose for me one drop of blood. I am a tainted weather of the flock, meetest for death. The weakest kind of fruit drops earliest to the ground. And so let me. You cannot better be employed, Bassanio, than to live still and write mine epitaph. Enter Nerissa, dressed like a lawyer's clerk. Came you from Padua? From Bellario? From both, my lord. Bellario greets your grace. Presents a letter. Why dost thou wet thy knife so earnestly? To cut the forfeiture from that bankrupt there. Not on thy soul, but on thy soul, harsh Jew, thou makest thy knife keen. But no metal can, no, not the hangman's axe, bear half the keenness of thy sharp envy. Can no prayers pierce thee? 
No, none that thou hast wit enough to make. Oh, be thou damned, inexecrable dog! And for thy life let justice be accused. Thou almost makest me waver in my faith to hold opinion with Pythagoras that souls of animals infused themselves into the trunks of men. Thy currish spirit governed a wolf, who, hanged for human slaughter, even from the gallows did his fell soul fleet, and whilst thou layst in thy unhallowed dam, infused itself in thee, for thy desires are wolfish, bloody, starved, and ravenous. Till thou canst rail the seal from off my bond, thou but offence thy lungs to speak so loud. Repair thy wit, good youth, or it will fall to cureless ruin. I stand here for law. This letter from Bellario doth commend a young and learned doctor to our court. Where is he? He attendeth here hard by to know your answer, whether you'll admit him. With all my heart, some three or four of you, go give him courteous conduct to this place. Meantime, the court shall hear Bellario's letter. Your grace shall understand that, at the receipt of your letter, I am very sick, but in the instant that your messenger came, in loving visitation was with me a young doctor of Rome. His name is Balthazar. I acquainted him with the cause and controversy between the Jew and Antonio the merchant. We turned o'er many books together. He is furnished with my opinion, which, bettered with his own learning, to greatness whereof I cannot enough commend, comes with him, at my importunity, to fill up your grace's request in my stead. I beseech you, let his lack of years be no impediment to let him lack a reverent estimation, for I never knew so young a body with so old a head. I leave him to your gracious acceptance, whose trial shall better publish his commendation. You hear the learned Bellario, what he writes, and here, I take it, is the doctor come. Enter Portia, dressed like a doctor of laws. You're welcome. Take your place. Are you acquainted with the difference that holds this present question in the court? I am informed truly of the cause. Which is the merchant here, and which the Jew? Antonio and old Shylock, both stand forth. Is your name Shylock? Shylock is my name. Of a strange nature is the suit you follow, yet in such rule that the Venetian law cannot impugn you as you do proceed. To Antonio. You stand within his danger, do you not? Ay, so he says. Do you confess the bond? I do. Then must the Jew be merciful. On what compulsion must I? Tell me that. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. It becomes the throned monarch better than his crown. His sceptre shows the force of temporal power, the attribute to awe and majesty wherein doth sit the dread and fear of kings. But mercy is above this sceptred sway. It is enthroned in the hearts of kings. It is an attribute to God himself. And earthly power doth then show likest gods when mercy seasons justice. Therefore, Jew, though justice be thy plea, consider this, that in the course of justice none of us should see salvation. We do pray for mercy, and that same prayer doth teach us all to render the deeds of mercy. 
I have spoke thus much to mitigate the justice of thy plea, which, if thou follow, this strict court of Venice must needs give sentence against the merchant there. My deeds upon my head. I crave the law, the penalty and forfeit of my bond. Is he not able to discharge the money? Yes, here I tender it for him in the court, yea, twice the sum. If that will not suffice, I will be bound to pay it ten times o'er, on forfeit of my hands, my head, my heart. If this will not suffice, it must appear that malice bears down truth. And I beseech you, rest once the law to your authority. To do a great right, do a little wrong, and curb this cruel devil of his will. It must not be. There is no power in Venice can alter a decree established. Twill be recorded for a precedent, and many an error by the same example will rush into the state. It cannot be. Ah, oh, Daniel, come to judgment. Yea, a Daniel. O oh, wise young judge, how I do honor thee. I pray you, let me look upon the bond. Here it is, most reverend doctor, here it is. Shylock, there's thrice thy money offered thee. An oath, an oath. I have an oath in heaven. Shall I lay perjury upon my soul? No, not for Venice. Why, this bond is forfeit, and lawfully by this the Jew may claim a pound of flesh, to be by him cut off nearest the merchant's heart. Be merciful, take thrice thy money, bid me tear the bond. When it is paid according to the tenor, it doth appear you are a worthy judge, you know the law, your exposition hath been most sound. I charge you, by the law, whereof you are a well-deserving pillar, proceed to judgment. By my soul I swear there is no power in the tongue of man to alter me. I stay here upon my bond. Most heartily I do beseech the court to give the judgment. Why, then, thus it is. You must prepare your bosom for his knife. O oh, noble judge, O oh, excellent young man. For the intent and purpose of the law hath full relation to the penalty which here appeareth due upon the bond. Tis very true, O wise and upright judge, how much more elder art thou than thy looks. Therefore lay bare your bosom. Ay, his breast, so says the bond, doth it not, noble judge, nearest his heart. Those are the very words. It is so. Are there balance here to weigh the flesh? I have them ready. Have by some surgeon, Shylock, on your charge, to stop his wounds lest he do bleed to death. Is it so nominated in the bond? It is not so expressed, but what of that? Twere good you do so much for charity. I cannot find it. Tis not in the bond. You, merchant, have you anything to say? But little. I am armed and well prepared. Give me your hand, Bassanio. Fare you well. Grieve not that I am fallen to this for you. For herein fortune shows herself more kind than is her custom. It is still her use to let the wretched man outlive his wealth, to view with hollow eye and wrinkled brow an age of poverty, from which lingering penance of such misery does she cut me off. Commend me to your honorable wife. Tell her the process of Antonio's end. Say how I loved you. Speak me fair in death. And when the tale is told, 
bid her be judge whether Bassanio had not once a love. Repent but you that you shall lose your friend, and he repents not that he pays your debt. For if the Jew do cut but deep enough, I'll pay it instantly with all my heart. Antonio, I am married to a wife which is as dear to me as life itself. But life itself, my wife and all the world, are not with me esteemed above thy life. I would lose all, I sacrifice them all here to this devil, to deliver you. Your wife would give you little thanks for that if she were by to hear you make the offer. I have a wife whom, I protest, I love. I would she were in heaven, so she could entreat some power to change this courished Jew. Tis well you all fetch behind her back, for which would else make an unquiet house. These be the Christian husbands. I have a daughter. Would any of the stock of Barabbas had been her husband rather than a Christian? We trifle time, I pray thee, pursue sentence. A pound of that same merchant's flesh is thine. The court awards it, and the law doth give it. Most rightful judge. And you must cut this flesh from off his breast. The law allows it, and the court awards it. Most learned judge, a sentence, come prepare. Tarry a little. There is something else. This bond doth give thee here no jot of blood. The words expressly are a pound of flesh. Take then thy bond. Take thou thy pound of flesh. But in the cutting it, if thou dost shed one drop of Christian blood, thy lands and goods are by the laws of Venice confiscate unto the state of Venice. Oh, upright judge! Mark, Jew, O oh, learned judge! Is that the law? Thyself shalt see the act. For as thou urgest justice, be assured thou shalt have justice more than thou desirest. O oh, learned judge! Mark, Jew, a learned judge! I take this offer, then. Pay the bond thrice, and let the Christian go. Here is the money. Soft. The Jew shall have all justice. Soft no haste. He shall have nothing but the penalty. O oh, Jew, an upright judge, a learned judge. Therefore, prepare thee to cut off the flesh. Shed thou no blood, nor cut thou less nor more but just a pound of flesh. If thou takest more or less than a just pound, be it but so much as makes it light or heavy in the substance, or the division of the twentieth part of one poor scruple. Nay, if the scale do turn but in the estimation of a hair, thou diest, and all thy goods are confiscate. A second Daniel, a Daniel, Jew! Now, infidel, I have you on the hip! Why doth the Jew pause? Take thy forfeiture. Give me my principle, and let me go. I have it ready for thee. Here it is. He hath refused it in the open court. He shall have merely justice and his bond. A Daniel still I say, a second Daniel. I thank thee, Jew, for teaching me that word. Shall I not have barely my principle? Thou shalt have nothing but the forfeiture, to be so taken at thy peril, Jew. Why, then, the devil give him good of it. I'll stay no longer question. Tarry, Jew. The law hath yet another hold on you. It is enacted in the laws of Venice. If it be proved against an alien, that by direct or indirect attempts he seek the life of any citizen, the part against the which he doth contrive shall seize one half his goods, the other half comes to the privy coffer of the state, and the offender's life lies in the mercy of the duke only, 
gainst all other voice. In which predicament I say thou stand'st? For it appears by manifest proceeding, that indirectly and directly too, thou hast contrived against the very life of the defendant, and thou hast incurred the danger formerly by me rehearsed. Down, therefore, and beg mercy of the duke. Beg that thou mayst have leave to hang thyself, and yet, thy wealth being forfeit to the state, thou hast not left the value of a cord, therefore thou must be hanged at the state's charge. That thou shalt see the difference of our spirits, I pardon thee thy life before thou ask it. For half thy wealth it is Antonius, the other half comes to the general state, which humbleness may drive unto a fine. I for the state, not for Antonio. Nay, take my life and all, pardon not that. You take my house when you do take the prop that doth sustain my house. You take my life when you do take the means whereby I live. What mercy can you render him, Antonio? A halter, gratis, nothing else for God's sake. So please my lord the duke, and all the court, to quit the fine for one half of his goods. I am content, so he will let me have the other half in use, to render it upon his death unto the gentleman that lately stole his daughter. Two things provided more, that for this favor he presently become a Christian, the other that he do record a gift here in the court of all he dies possessed unto his son, Lorenzo, and his daughter. He shall do this, or else I do recount the pardon that I late pronounced here. Art thou contented, Jew? What dost thou say? I am content. Clerk, draw a deed of gift. I pray you, give me leave to go from hence. I am not well. Send the deed after me, and I will sign it. Get thee gone, but do it. In christening shalt thou have two godfathers. Had I been judge, thou shouldst have had ten more, to bring thee to the gallows, not to the font. Exit Shylock. Sir, I entreat you home with me to dinner. I humbly do desire your grace of pardon. I must away this night toward Padua, and it is meet I presently set forth. I am sorry that your leisure serves you not. Antonio, gratify this gentleman, for in my mind... You are much bound to him. Exit Duke, Magnificos, and Train. Most worthy gentlemen, I and my friend have by your wisdom been this day acquitted of grievous penalties. In lieu whereof, three thousand ducats due unto the Jew, we freely cope your courteous pains withal. And stand indebted over and above in love and service to you evermore. He is well paid that is well satisfied and I, delivering you, am satisfied, and therein do account myself well paid. My mind was never yet more mercenary. I pray you, know me when we meet again. I wish you well, and so I take my leave. Dear sir, of force I must attempt you further. Take some remembrance of us as a tribute, not as a fee. Grant me two things, I pray you, not to deny me, and to pardon me. You press me far, and therefore I will yield. To Antonio. Give me your gloves. I'll wear them for your sake. To Bassanio. And for your love, I'll take this ring from you. Do not draw back your hand. I'll take no more, and you in love shall not deny me this. This ring, good sir, alas, 
it is a trifle i will not shame myself to give you this i will have nothing else but only this and now methinks i have a mind to it there's more depends on this than on the value the dearest ring in venice will i give you and find it out by proclamation only for this i pray you pardon me i see sir you are liberal in offers you taught me first to beg and now methinks you teach me how a beggar should be answered good sir this ring was given me by my wife and when she put it on she made me vow that i should neither sell nor give nor lose it that excuse serves many men to save their gifts and if your wife be not a mad woman and know how well i have deserved this ring she would not hold out enemy for ever for giving it to me well peace be with you exeunt portia and nerissa my lord bassanio let him have the ring let his deservings and my love withal be valued against your wife's commandment go gratiano run and overtake him give him the ring and bring him if thou canst unto antonio's house away make haste exit gratiano come you and i will thither presently and in the morning early will we both fly toward belmont come antonio exeunt scene two the same a street enter portia and nerissa inquire the jew's house out give him this deed and let him sign it we'll away to-night and be a day before our husband's home this deed will be well welcome to lorenzo enter gratiano fair sir you are well o'ertaken my lord bassanio upon more advice hath sent you here this ring and doth entreat your company at dinner that cannot be his ring i do accept most thankfully and so i pray you tell him furthermore i pray you show my youth old shylock's house that will i do sir i would speak to you aside to portia i'll see if i can get my husband's ring which i did make him swear to keep forever to nerissa thou mayest i warrant we shall have old swearing that they did give the rings away to men but we'll outface them and outswear them too away make haste thou know'st where i will tarry come good sir will you show me to this house Exeunt. End of Act Four.